are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Powerful text before us today, Matthew 25. I have a question for you. Have you ever missed an opportunity and then regretted that decision to miss it? In March of 2015, uh, my parents who were members here for so many years, 33 years, they had moved down to be with my sister. She cared for them in those days before their home going. They'd sit right, right over here every service. I got word that my mother had really turned for the worst, and so my wife and I drove down there, and I was by my mother's bedside so long, and I got so tired. I was weary. I was feeble. I, I, I said, I'm just going to go down to my sister's house, just a couple blocks, same street, and rest for a while, and I'll come back. And once you know it, while I was gone, there was not anyone there to usher her into eternity. My dad was there in that same room. He wasn't really comprehending all that was activity going on. He was still coherent and all that, but just was confused. I felt so badly that I missed that. I'm her only son. I should have been there. And my flesh got so weak, I went to rest and I missed it. That's been five years, and I don't live in torment over it, but I am bothered by it. So two years later, my father, same room, same bed, same month in 2017. It turned so fast, and my sister said, they, better, they said, you better come. I said, well, Judy, he was okay just yesterday. What's going on? She goes, well, he turned for the worst, and they believe he's only got about 24 hours left. I had uh, worked, and, um, but I didn't take time that day for breakfast or lunch. I got in the car, and I drove those uh, three and a half hours and didn't eat dinner. And I stood by, I sat by his side. He wasn't coherent. And I just talked to him, and I sang to him. About 10, 30, 11, I got thinking, I, I probably ought to get a hotel room. And I probably ought to get a hamburger or something to eat. And I said, Dad, I'll be back. And you talk about the same scenario. I found a hotel and put my credit card down and I got that hamburger and I ate it. And I was just going to lay down for two hours. And it was two and a half hours and they called and they said, your dad just passed away. And I got showered and went there and I was by his body as they waited for them to pick him up. I have such regrets for both those decisions. Now, I can't, I can't miss life. Life's going to go on. They're in the presence of the Lord. But you'd feel the same way. Uh, I, I wanted to be there for them. They were such perfect, I mean literally perfect parents. They never did anything wrong to me or to anyone. There were good church members here and 
growing up, every pastor, every loved my parents. They were good people. I missed an opportunity. And today we're gonna see from this text that God gives all of us opportunities. And God's giving you an opportunity today. I don't know what it is, and many opportunities, and me as well. And if you're not careful, if I'm not careful, we're gonna miss these opportunities. And we're gonna look back with regret. Some of those opportunities are gonna be so powerfully uh, uh, powerful in our life that we'll, we'll, we'll live with huge regret. I'll never forget a preacher was preaching at our pastor's conference. Uh, he'd be 95 if he had lived. He was 65 years of age, so this was 30 years, 64, so this was 31 years ago. As he stood and preached that night, pastoring the America's, large, America's largest church, he stood and preached, there was such power, such fire, such conviction. God did something that night. That was the closing night of the meeting, and, and a, a man was there waiting. He said, I need to see you, Brother Treber. And I said, well, I, 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 can I see you tomorrow? The conference is over. I'm, I, I said, I'm just, I, I'm loaded up with people to see you right now. He goes, I've got to see you now. I said, well, okay, can you come by my office here? Let's go in here. And we went by my office. He said, the man that just preached is 64 years of age and I'm 64. The man that just preached talked about when God called him to preach and it was the same year that God called me to preach. He said yes, I said no. Little did I know that because of that decision, my life, everything I did was out of order. I couldn't keep a marriage together. Marriage one, marriage two, marriage three. I couldn't keep anything right. I, I had a most miserable life. At age 64, I have nothing but regret. Missed opportunities. I was praying early this morning, very early this morning for a lot of you single adults and young couples who got married. Uh, for some reason, in my parents' generation, it was all about work, a job, and, and provide. And it seems like the present generation, not all, but it seems the present generation is we live for the weekend for parties. We live for fun. We live for amusement. We live for going out. We li and I understand, you know, back in the, I, I, I know that. I know what year we're living in. But it seems like we're missing it. And I want you to see in this text with me, missed opportunities. God gives us three illustrations in this one text. Prior to this, in verses one through 13, he gives us another one with the five, uh, five uh, ladies that had oil for their lamps and five that were foolish and did not. They missed their opportunity. He continues that in verse number 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto him his goods. Here's a man that undoubtedly was very wealthy because he's gonna give talent away. And a talent was as much as could be a lifetime of wages. And he was giving five talents, and he was giving three talents, and he was giving one talent, a very substantial man. And he said, I'm leaving. And as I leave, I'm gonna come back, and I wanna see how my investment's doing. 
But he says in verse number 15, and he said unto them, and unto them he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, straightway he took his journey. First we have the five talents, and he received the five talents, went and traded the same, and made them five, made them other five talents. So he had five talents, he invested it, he cared for it, he got another five, so now he has 10. God said to him that he was a good servant. Notice what he says in verse number 17. And likewise, he that received the two, he gained two. It shows me that all of us don't have same abilities. You have capabilities that I don't have. And others around you have capabilities you don't have. But God doesn't ask me to uh, answer for you. God asks, requires me to answer for me. Severally as he will, Paul calls it in 1 Corinthians, as he gives gifts to the church. And so I need to use that gift for his glory. So this man had two. You're doing real well. Keep listening, please, if you will. And then he gained two more. But the Bible says, but he that received one, let's read verse 18. Ready, begin. But he that received one. So here's one that he said, I, I, I'm gonna go hide the money. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna lose this money. You know, whenever you give your life to God, you never lose it. Let me lose my life and find it, Lord, in thee. May myself be slain, my friends see only thee. Though it cost me grief and pain, I'll find my life again. Let me lose my life and find it, Lord, in thee. The best life, if you can learn it early in life, young people, teenagers, college age, single adults, young couples, the best life is a life lived for God. Only one life. And so soon it will be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last. Notice this man. Notice his reasoning. And here's the man I want to bring up to our attention because he missed his opportunity. Not the guy with five talents. He did not miss it. He, he gained on his opportunity. Not the man with two talents. No, he gained on his opportunity. But this one that was just given one. All, all I'm asking you is just take this one talent. Do something with just that one. You don't have responsibility for five. You don't have responsibility for two. Just take the one talent and do something with it. Notice what he did. Verse 18. But he that received the one went and he digged in the earth and he hid the Lord's money. God's given you a responsibility. God's given me a responsibility. And we can hide that responsibility. Because say, I'm not gonna invest it. I'm wondering right now today, I'm wondering about driving a Sunday school bus. When this is lifted, we can get those wheels of mercy running again. Those wheels of mercy have brought in 1.4, 1.5 people to the house of God. What a joy to get behind that wheel. I, I know it's time consuming. I know it's all that. But do you realize that you have one opportunity? I drove Sunday school bus when I went into the ministry. 
and I'm thankful for those days. And then I rode the, drove the school bus uh, when I worked as an assistant pastor, and I'd go every day to the, with the school bus about 45 miles out and pick up boys and girls to bring them to the Christian school, and I'd stops along the way. But you know, there comes an age in California where you can no longer ride, drive a school bus or a Sunday school bus. And my window's about done. Oh, would to God, would to God you'd realize that I'm young. I can, I can run a bus in a neighborhood and pick up boys and girls and pick up men and women and bring them to the house of God. This is the place where they need to be. But I'm gonna hide. I'm gonna hide the investment God's made in my life. I'm not gonna do it. I tell you, as I read these, Brother Poussin, as I read these missionary letters, they just break my heart. I read a stack of them yesterday again. We must get, I don't know, Mrs. Poussin, I might be exaggerating, maybe 150 to 200 letters a month. Maybe that's not right. It's, it's always a big stack I get received from you. And I read them all. But in every letter, every month, every one of them are referring to this COVID thing. And they should. And it breaks my heart. Because if you think it's tough here, almost every mission field we're not allowed to meet yet. Or we're allowed to meet with 10 people. Or as in two of the, two of the letters that I read yesterday, one in Hong Kong, government has shut us down and they allow us to leave our apartment two times a week for three hours each time. And I think of that great missionary as a graduate of our school that lives, I want to say, on the eighth floor of that apartment with his wife and children and how difficult he has two churches and two schools and all that God is doing there and communist China has taken over Hong Kong and everything has changed real radically, real fast and I read these missionary letters, we're not able to get back, we've been on furlough, we can't get back to our country, can't I get back to the people? God's given us an opportunity, don't dig your opportunity and throw it in a hole. Before you know it, you're gonna be 25. Before you'll know it, you'll be 35. Before you'll know it, you'll be 45, 55, 65, and on. And your life will have passed you up. And you think it's gone fast your first 25 years, young people. I want you to know that it doesn't slow down. That biological clock runs full steam ahead. And they have two energizer batteries in there. It's moving now. You better buy up the time and do something. Don't dig the talent God gave you and stick it in a hole in the ground. Think of the joy of, I wish I could sing like you singers, everybody up here, but one can sing. He can preach, but that's about the extent of it. There's nothing else. He can't sing, he can't. You, you wanna hear him sing? Would you like to hear him sing? I hate to put damp a damp spirit on the service, so we'll save it for another time. But <laughs> you imagine, I tell you what, I, I, he sings better than I do, but you know, if we could sing, I'd sing. If you could be in the choir, why aren't you the choir? Because if you're not careful, you dug a hole through your, uh, your, your talent in the, your, your, what God has given to you, threw it in a hole in the ground. 
Notice what the Bible says here. And the Bible says, and, and, he, and he did, and he hid the Lord's money. It's not his money. It was, it was his master's money. And by the way, verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of the servants cometh and reckoned unto them. There's coming a day you're gonna to have to give an account. There's coming a day I'm gonna to have to give an account to God. And the Lord, the almighty Lord is coming back. And verse 20 and in, so he, he that hath received five talents and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained beside them five more. And the Lord said unto him, and the Lord is not speaking of our heavenly Father, he's speaking about a master, his, his boss. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee rule over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And he that received the two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And the Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee rule over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Let's pick it up again now to this man with one. The first thing he did, he dug it in the ground. Notice, secondly, and when he had received the one talent came, said, Lord, watch how he shifts the blame. Stop blaming everybody else because you don't do what God wants you to do. Well, my mother, well, my father, well, my husband, well, my wife, well, my kids, well, my parents, well, the church, well, the Baptist. Stop being a victim. Man up and be a man, be a godly lady and say, no, it's me, it's me, I'm responsible for my life. Look what he says. The man that had the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man. What do you mean he's a hard man? He gave him a talent. Blaming the boss. I knew you were a hard man. Reaping where thou hast not sown. Gathering where thou hast not strawed. We never have an illustration of that. He gave his ability to a steward and the steward was now supposed to do something with it. Not the Lord, not the master, not the owner, not the boss. Stop blaming your manager at work. Well, they keep overlooking me. Well, they're overlooking you because you haven't stood out yet. Well, I deserve to be promoted. I've been here longer than anybody. That's not how you get promoted. You've been there longer than anybody? So you think you deserve a promotion? We promote because of performance. That's the old American way. That's another message. The third thing I find about him, not only did he blame his boss, not only did he hide his talent, but verse number five, I was afraid. I was afraid. When you lose an opportunity, most of the time it's because we're fearful. God cannot use a fearful person. Thanks be unto God that giveth us the victory. We are more than conquerors. The Bible says, I am, I'm a victor. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. 
Thanks be unto God that giveth us the victory. I'm on the winning side. And so we have these opportunities. He says, well, I was afraid. Don't ever miss an opportunity because you're afraid. God may have something very special for you to do, so I, I just can't do it. I could go on and on in details and illustrate that, even my own life. When early in college, I was afraid to go into the ministry because I had that one talent. I didn't have a three or a five. But I just did not think God could use someone like me. And the Lord answered and said, here was the real root problem. Thou, what's the next word, church? Verse 26, and the Lord answered and said to him, thou and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, neither where I not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to put my money to exchangers and then my coming, I should have received my own with usury, with interest. He said, I want you to know something. You're wicked. You're slothful. I wonder what God in the balcony has for you. And I wonder what God has for me. And we're missing that opportunity. I could give you a list and I won't do it of all the things in the work of the Lord that you can do. There's so many things, but every Christian needs to do something. God has equipped you for the work of the ministry, he said in Ephesians 4. And the purpose of your life when God saved you, he gave you a gift and or gifts is to use that gift and use that ability not to sit and to sour and to soak and just to come to church and take a pew and just say, I'm taking up an area, but to serve the Lord with gladness. Tomorrow we'll have the service for my father-in-law, pastor of the same church 57 years and on Tuesday our family will gather together and they'll open up that marker where my wife's mother has been October 4th, it'll be 50 years they've been apart. His name has been there for these last 50 years and now the inscription to go in when he passed away on June 28th, 2020. You know, I learned so much from that man and I learned so much from that church because they were a working people. I watched those guys that worked in the milk bottling company, Dean's, I guess it was called, and they'd go early in the morning to the milk place and, and work in the factory. But every day, every day, every day, every day after work, their vehicles would come by the church and every day they'd work around the church, fixing plumbing, fixing electrical, building something. There was an army of those men it took them many years to do it, but those men after work built about a 500, 600 seat auditorium. That was the auditorium my wife and I got married in. It's on another property and they've sold it since. But those men handcrafted that building after work. I might be wrong, I might be wrong, but if I recall it, it took them 10 years to do it. And they'd stop by every day and they'd build and they'd work. Right next door to the, the church was the parsonage and then 
where my wife lived, and then over here was the other original buildings. I'll never forget when they moved out back out to the family farm and the church took over the parsonage and it became one of the church buildings, children's church buildings. And I went into the restroom and those men had remodeled the house. They did a beautiful job on the house. But they remodeled the bathroom and all clean, all nice, everything. But the cabinet for the sink was an old TV cabinet. And they took it out and put some doors in the front. Now you just go buy something, but it wasn't like that. They made it so nice. You know, I watched those men. Uh, they weren't talented. In, 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 they weren't going to be a pastor of the church or uh, be a CEO of the company. There was a whole army of those men that were just good, solid men. They worked in various factories all over that region. And they'd come in every day, every day as a, as a young single boy, young man, I watched them come and they'd work on that building and they'd work on the things of God and they got themselves involved and they'd work on those buses. And old Jim Tucker would take me out there and I recall we didn't have a bus garage. Oh, they now have a huge facility. They park all their buses inside now, their new property. But I, I remember he'd say, now Brother Jack, it's snow. You're from California, you're not accustomed to this. Here's how we work on buses. And they took cardboard and laid it down underneath the, the bus in that snow. And they said, always put cardboard down. It'll, it'll help you not get so cold on your back. And I'll never forget crawling under those buses and working with them. Those were men that they took what God gave them and he used it for the glory of God. Don't miss those opportunities. Oh, Brother Jim Tucker and his wife, country folks, they pressed up from the south to the factories of that area. And he spoke so country. Oh, Brother Jim Tucker loved me so much and cared for me. My father-in-law had won him to Christ and one daughter to Christ probably about 65 years ago now. And they're such good country people. And they fed me and they cared for me and they loved me. I learned so much. And the people of North Valley Baptist Church, you have just mirrored that same thing all these years for young people that have watched you running those buses, fixing those buses, building these buildings, raising money, sacrificing to start a school, start a college, and start a radio, begin a radio ministry and buying these buses and all you've done. I guess I, you need to understand that your faith has provoked the next generation, keep it up. Don't miss this opportunity. Amen. I'm out of time. I just saw it. I'm, I'm not even near dumb, but I'll closer there. I was 13, and I was a paper boy. The older folks know what a paper boy is, but this new generation has no idea. I had a route, and delivered papers seven days a week. Then you had to go collect the money. And the rule is you had to porch the paper. And if you porch the paper and you did well, some would give me a 15 cent tip, sometimes a 25 cent tip. It was great. I remember every day picking my papers up behind the, what used to be called a PX grocery store. It had nothing to do with the military. It's just PX. And I'd pick it up and bring them home. And you'd fold them. They were thin. You'd fold them in into threes, or if you're thick, you'd fold into two. 
And on Sunday, it was huge. But I take, put my bag, and I load my bag in the front, and I load my bag on the back, and then you put it over your head, and you start throwing your papers. And after a while, you move the, and get the ones from the back. I remember, I, I love my paper route. I threw for the Oakland Tribune. And I won a trip from the Northern California region. And the trip was to the Sacramento State Fair. And I told my dad, and my dad was so proud. He goes, that's good, son. I said, Dad, they're going to pick us up, a few from this region, and then we're going to go up to Hayward and get a few, and then over here, and, then we're, to, and we're going to pick people up. And it's a scenic cruiser bus. He says, wow. And it's all paid for. And I said, Dad, I, I heard it's going to have, you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you, Dad. It has a restroom in the bus. I've never seen one. He said, really? A restroom? I said, yeah. He said, are you going to go? I, I said, well, here's the catch. It's on a Sunday. And I would not have done this. I'm glad my dad did. He said, you've got a decision to make, don't you? He said, I said, could you help me? He goes, no. You've got to decide this one, son. You're 13. You've got to figure this out. After a few days, I said, Dad, I'm going. And I knew I wasn't supposed to go. I had no desire to go, but I, I wanted to go to the fair. I'd never been in one. And Sunday came, and I got ready. I was feeling so convicted. And I walked to the stop where the bus picked me up. And as soon as we got going, a bunch of guys went to that restroom, 13, 12 and 13, started smoking. I thought, what in the world have I done? And every stop, and the bus driver would call out, hey, fellas, if you're smoking back there, if you're smoking back there, smell it everywhere. Stop smoking, can't smoke on the bus. They just kept smoking. You know, it came to 10 o'clock in the morning, and here's what I kept thinking. They're going to Sunday school right now, and I'm not there. At 11 o'clock, I said, the choir's walking in. I mean, I, I relived this. Choir's going in right now. Pastor's up to preach right now. They're probably in the invitation right now. I had the most miserable day of my life. I missed the opportunity to go to God's house and be with my parents and be with my friends and be in Sunday school and our pastor and our church to go to a fair that I cannot remember one ride I even rode. I remember sitting a lot by myself and thinking, this is terrible. We got into the early evening and they said, back on the bus and we started driving. Our church had church at 7 o'clock and I looked when we were driving back from Sacramento. They're in church now. My parents got home, and then maybe about a half hour later, or an hour later, the bus pulled up, and I walked home. You know, I missed an opportunity because I thought something else would be so more, much more important. 
My dad was so wise, he knew I'd be miserable. <laughs> he won. Don't come to the end of your life and look back and say, I missed it. Don't come to the end of your marriage and you're saying goodbye to your wife or you're saying goodbye to your husband in death and say, I missed it. Don't come to the end of your life and say, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. Don't miss those opportunities. Our Father, I pray right now. Oh, I plead right now. I plead right now, God, that you would bring to every person's mind how they're missing out. Right now, there's a great choir here. There's a great bus ministry here. There's a great youth ministry here. There's a great Christian school here. There's a great college. It's a great music program. Radio goes on and on and on. There are opportunities for prayer for our dear missionaries. Don't, don't allow us to miss it. God, help us. Don't hide. Don't allow us to hide. And don't allow us to be fearful. And don't allow us to blame someone else. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.